morning and welcome to Voices of Yosha, our special place to discuss all things related to health. Health perceived in a multidimensional manner, with aspects of the mind, body, soul, aspects of well-being through family, society, community, and also of self, with a peek into what modern science findings are, what ancient Indian and Asian classical sciences and systems say, we will be taking this holistic approach to health and have some focused discussions on women's health in the context of the Indian subcontinent. My aim is to provide you with awareness so that each of us can make more informed decisions about our health, our family's health. I'm very grateful to the kindness, generosity and belief of the Pollination Project for the grant to make this podcast possible. In today's episode, we are discussing finding new direction. As mentioned in our introduction, health and well-being is a multidimensional thing. Many of us, at some point in our lives, seek to add to our lives for fulfillment, for an inner space for ourselves, with perhaps something that we care deeply about. Contentment and inner fulfillment are important for our well-being. That journey of finding new direction is not always linear or straightforward. Today, we have with us Sujata Menon Zafar, Vice President, Diversity, Equity and Inclusion at a multinational based in New York. She is here today in her personal capacity and has been kind to share her journey of finding new direction and her insights along the way with us. A very warm welcome, Sujata. Thank you for being here to share and inspire our listeners who are also perhaps seeking new direction. Thank you, Rupali. It's lovely to be here and really appreciate you inviting me to join. Sujata, I would like to ask you at the outset, what was going on inside? Why this need for new direction? Is it anger, sadness, emptiness, frustration, loneliness? What what is this stimulation to find new direction? It's a great question, Rupali. And I think when you speak and you're using the words anger, resentment, loneliness, it really resonates because it's quite multidimensional why somebody seeks new direction, new purpose at different points in their life. For me personally, I think it's a combination of all of this, but also a deep desire to find something that really resonated with me. I'd been a a mother for a long time with my kids growing up and being a stay-at-home mom. And they graduated and they were, you know, sort of, sort of finding their own way. I was a trailing expat spouse. I was following my husband as he was moving along in his career. And all of a sudden, I felt I had suddenly reached a point when there was a great deal of emptiness and there was a great sadness in terms of, you know, where I was and what I was doing with my own life. And so it was a combination of factors that really pushed me to start thinking about what made me happy and what was important to me. Um, Almost at that sort of period in your life where several other factors come into play, aging of parents, you know, empty nest uh, sort of happening in my my own personal life. My husband's career really um, at a point where he was sort of on autopilot. And the big question is, well, what about me? Where am I in all of this? And where is where can sort of I fit into this? Because I had been a support system to everybody else. 
And all of a sudden, a lot of those bits had started changing. And I could not figure out what my role again in this piece was. And hence that need to find something to redefine how I looked at my own life and to understand what was important for me to take those sort of the next steps to feel whole and to feel full. Finding that next step, you know, because the world is such a large place suddenly, how did you go about that journey of looking at the different options ahead of you, whether it could be a new hobby, a craft, a volunteering or finding a job, whatever it could be. What was for you that journey? How did you take those steps? So that's an important question. And I think whoever's listening to this really needs to consider and ponder on their own, you know, because different things are important to you. And that journey is very much an individual journey. For me, I had done the volunteering. I had done the PTAs. I had done a lot of the um, the sort of activities that one tends to get typically involved with, with younger children. I had done a lot of that. And I was very clear in my head that I did not want another role that was volunteer-based. I very much wanted to enter the workforce. I wanted to contribute. I felt I still had a lot that I could contribute. And so my journey became quite pointed in the sense that I knew I was looking for a role in you know, corporate America because I, I, was, um, I live in the U.S., and I knew I had started my journey very early on when I graduated college and I was working. I worked in the corporate sector. I knew I liked that space. I, that was, quite frankly, the only space that I even knew. So the tendency was to go right back to that. And in some ways, that was sort of my comfort spot. That's where I knew I could succeed. So that's kind of how it started. So I, I went back to that and went back to what is comfortable and really started thinking, okay, what is it that I'm good at and what do I love doing? So really looking at your at your passion and then looking at sort of the, the purpose that goes with that passion. And really it is understanding, having that very self-aware thing of, okay, these are the things I'm really good at and I know I can do well. And these are the things that I love doing and trying to bring those two together in a space that I knew that I could be successful in because I was coming back to the workforce after 15 years. And I realized very quickly that there were certain things technology-wise and just the way that we were moving forward that I would have a very difficult time managing if I wasn't very deliberate and intentional about these decisions that I was making. So does that kind of make sense? The way, you know, the, the initial research and the way I was starting to think about it was quite intentional. It was not just kind of a, okay, I want to go back. I want to do something. It was not like, let me just start anywhere. It was going back to what I knew and trying to build from there and seeing if that worked for me, right? So that's kind of how I, I started looking at going back into the workforce. Now, after a 15-year gap, it requires courage to step back into the workforce and look for a job because it is very competitive out there, job hunting. And of course, there are changing skill sets, changing requirements of the workforce over the years. So how was that journey of looking for a job when one hasn't worked for you know one and a half decades or so 
And how did you go about that job search? It was really hard, Rupali. And, you know, thank you for asking that question, because I think when I speak to a lot of, and I, I mentor and speak to a lot of women who are going back into this journey. And I think one of the things which always resonates with people is how hard this is. We often, as women, forget that we have done so much, we've accomplished so much, and we've done it with relative grace and ease that we just assume that the rules of the game, even in going back to work, does not change. And boy, was I mistaken. It was incredibly difficult to be even seen. Um, I think when you hit that, you know, late 40s, early 50s, one of the most difficult truths for me to accept was you really start becoming invisible to the workforce. It had become, you know, I mean, this is a tough thing to say, but I felt like things had moved forward and I was left behind. So it took courage, but it also took a lot of support from friends. I tended to, you included Rupali, I tended to make sure that I was connecting with people who built me up, who helped me sort of see where the opportunities and the possibilities were, rather than going to the same cast of characters who very often had the same advice. What are you going to do? How, you know, it's going to be really difficult. You, you don't have this skill set. You don't have that. So the first thing I tried to do was really build my community around me, people who took me seriously, who understood this deep desire that I had to succeed and not trivialize that because it's very easy to fall into a group where you start building a lot of negativity around. There was a lot of self-doubt starts creeping in because the company you keep, if people keep telling you you will not succeed in this, you will start believing it. So build that. The first step is building a community of or a network of people who see your vision, who buy into this vision and who are ready to help you with that networking piece. Because the old adage of, you know, kind of, it's not what you know, but who you know, that could not be more true in this sort of return back because it is really people who have seen you in other capacities in your life who have that ability to look at what you've done and translate that into, yes, these skills that you have, you might not have the work experience, but the skills you have in leadership, the skills you have in whatever it is that they've seen you, those are the people who can vouch for you, who are willing to take that risk. And that's exactly what started happening. I must have had over 200 lunches and coffees with people who were willing to take the time to sit with me and talk to me and, and explore some of these ideas with me and say, okay, we know you, we know your personality. Why don't you look at this field? Or why don't you think about this? So why don't you speak to this person and get their perspective on this job. So it starts with putting yourself out there. There was plenty of people who blew me off, who you know don't have the time, don't have the thing, but being persistent, not taking things personally, going, putting myself out there and saying, you know, applying to things. I applied to hundreds of jobs. I can be honest with you and say 99.9% of them just came back and said, don't have the experience, don't have the space in which I was trying to go was in too many different places because I was like, I could try this, I could try that maybe. So a lot of my experience didn't really match with that. 
I was not looking with the mindset of saying, I'm going to be stuck in this. This is the only thing I'm willing to do. I was open to anything, but that almost seemed to work against me. So my advice would be pick two or three fields that you're really interested in and then really start deep diving into that. So that was something I learned. I was just so keen on getting anything that I was willing to sort of spread myself too thin. Now, when I talk to people, I say, focus on a few things. And that network in the end, that network was the one that sort of helped me. One of my classmates from college who I was speaking to had an interest in some of the ideas that I was putting out to him in uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. He put me in touch with another person who was doing a startup and said, all right, I'm interested in, you know, I, you don't have the expertise in this, but you can help me with business development in that. Felt like my sales personality could work in that. So it was a series of opportunities, conversations, connecting people to different people that worked in my benefit. So the advice is network, 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 network like crazy, meet as many people, take as many coffees, um, send your resume to as many friends who are willing to increase your network. And that would be the only way to get them, you know, to really get your word out as much as possible. So yeah, I guess that is my advice. It's it's have a very thick skin, lots of courage and network as much as you can. There are two very salient points you have said, uh, Sujata, and I'm just going to recap them. Yeah. One is to build your community, your support system of I-sayers, not naysayers, not people who will discourage you, but people who will be the wind behind you and push you forward and not create resistance to this new change that you're trying to create in your life. And two is when you're, if you are looking for work or a new job, look in a focused manner, isolate those very specific things where you can bring a value add and you are passionate about and do a focused search rather than spread yourself thin. Agreed. And I think, Rupali, you know, one of the things which I found really helpful was I started going to, you know, free seminars, free webinars, attending those. I started um, anybody who said to me, hey, you should, you know, sort of think about maybe taking this course or, or taking that. I think my what propelled me and what was really sort of helpful for me was having that between interviews, between things, having things to keep myself occupied. So working when, you know, what I loved about the conversation we initially had about this is looking at this sort of holistically, looking at your mental health holistically in this. There are times when I really was like, am I, you know, am I really done? Is there really nothing that I could contribute? I feel like I had so much to contribute still, you know, I'm, I'm 51. I really feel like I still have a lot to give. I kind of feel like I paid my dues with life in terms of raising a family. So I have life lessons. I, I have, you know, so many things that I felt like I could share how to package all that. And I, I felt like the more I educated myself, the more I started practicing by interviewing with people I mean, some of them were disasters, you know, the, the dogs are barking, the kids are screaming something, doors are opening. 
the stress that came with sort of prepping for interviews and going there all that rather than looking at it as negative and oh my god i you know i bombed at this so i crashed at that or i did so well at this looking at everything as sort of building off of it i really was quite systematic and quite persistent and days when things went really wrong i picked up the phone i called a friend and i said this happened and i had those people that community who said doesn't matter okay this happened what what did we learn out of this how can you do the next one better have you researched this company a little bit better could you you know i worked with my son who was um, a graduating senior in college at that point and he said to me mom let me help you with you know now we ask we do behavioral based um questions during interviews had i ever done a behavioral based interview in my life before never i was in the workforce 30 years ago where the kinds of questions they were asking were all sort of experience like you know what have you studied what have you done so the way the workforce has evolved make sure that you know you're speaking to young people to old people getting the help getting constantly sort of looking at the way you are interacting and sort of finding that sweet spot in terms of what is right for you i'm also going to be humble enough to say that there's a lot of luck involved in this there's a lot of right place at the right time and i am not going to take credit and say this was all sort of my doing there was a lot of friends helping me rooting for me and things sort of you know the pandemic coming it, all of a sudden remote working was an option so it gave me more opportunities so for people listening i'm saying this is our time you know we have suddenly been afforded an opportunity where all of a sudden now you can go and work remotely rupali you are not stuck to a you know 9 to 5 desk job somewhere which becomes quite complicated in the this new world that we're living in so i try to say it increases the opportunities that you have right because you're no longer restricted with a geographic area anymore to seek work exactly and you get lots of now people are being because of you know there was a big phenomena in the usa that i'm sure many of your your listeners have have read about which was called the great resignation because when covid happened a lot of women were and men in the us were leaving traditional jobs that required you to come back to the office 5 days a week and looking for more remote options or hybrid options or looking for different work not saying you know this is not what we want to do so there was a lot of interesting changes that happened which for me again i tried to think okay let's use this as an opportunity look at things and say where is the opportunity rather than saying okay where is the one more obstacle or headache or this thing so i realized all of a sudden that i could sort of really expand the kinds of things i was thinking at and you know even when you you introduce me as you know vp of diversity equity and inclusion i didn't start off saying oh this is the field that i want to be a lot of people that i spoke to said okay the kinds of things you know the charities that you're involved in the kinds of causes that you support who you are as a person this is a new field that is quite interesting you should explore it we think you'd be good at it so i didn't wake up one day and say oh this is a field that i think i'd be good at i was going back into traditional things that i was good at like marketing and all of that so the wider your network the the better your network who understands you and knows you they will be able to give you advice as well and sometimes it's 
it's tough advice. Some people said to me, you know, the way the world operates now, these kinds of roles might not be right for you. That they'd rely heavily on tech and you're not going to be able to manage that. So there was interesting things that insights people gave me that I'm glad I had those conversations because without that, I don't think I'd be sitting here and saying, yeah, I was successful, Rupali, in sort of my job search and how I managed, you know, to kind of reach here. So, yeah, I think that is a very long answer. But I do appreciate the candor and the honesty because you are really guiding people on the right direction. Uh, it's not just about applying for jobs. It is not about only finding your skill sets. But like you rightly said, the world has changed. The world and the workforce has evolved. And therefore, there are a whole range of new opportunities rather than the traditional fields that people were originally educated in or had their initial work experience. So they have other opportunities which they could look at and which your network and support system perhaps brought to your notice, which you might not have been aware of, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. I think the big lesson for me in this is, you know, I was I, I was almost paralyzed for a few years with how overwhelming this was. And, you know, I really go back to that concept of courage because the kindness that people showed me, a, a lot of my friends and um, the extended network, it really helped me sort of think about that whole concept of courage. It, it was it was scary. I kept putting myself out there. Rejection was so difficult. And, you know, I, I keep thinking about this a lot, Rupali, as we go forward, because there are so many women out there who are trying to redefine themselves, trying to come into the workforce. And one of the things that I have really sort of decided to carry forward is to be kind, to have those conversations, to invite people to, you know, to have those brainstorming sessions with me. Because I used to be so grateful when anybody would take, you know, half an hour and, and grab a virtual coffee with me or a real coffee with me and and help me. So, you know, there's a there's a real sense that now I understand what it takes. It, this is hard what we're trying to do. And this is not something that, you know, just magically happens trying to go back into the corporate sector or wherever, whatever you want to go back into. So it's that that feeling of, you know, there's there's real gratitude. I've started realizing, you know, the days when it is not so difficult, when it's snowing here or when it's, you know, it's uh, it's a very hot day and you have to get up and you have to go into the office. I go with such gratitude because I never forget what it took to get here um, and how difficult it has been. But the joy now that I get out of my workday and having a sense of purpose and structure to my life at this point, it is, oh my God, I can't even tell you sometimes the gratitude I feel, right? So I want people to realize that whatever, if you're in a role right now and you're looking at, uh, you're just listening to Rupali, I think please pay it forward, right? There are people who are incredibly um, sort of in, in a very difficult position right now trying to redefine themselves. Maybe it's a career move. Maybe it's coming back to work. That empathy and kindness we can show each other and that building of a community 
it really goes back to a lot of what we were talking about. It does take a village. Yes, it takes a village to raise families, but it takes a village to help us as women grow and thrive and be the best versions of ourselves. And I've really started leaning on that community of women that, you know, have been there for me and who I continue to build. I'm building, you know, a bigger, larger, healthier network of women who are incredibly different and vibrant rather than sort of using that as, you know, a a place where you, you waste a lot of time. Use that to really build build each other up and do interesting things and and explore and help and network and make those connections for people because you can really change somebody's life with that. That's such a lovely thing to say because you've given about four important things out there. One is gratitude, which is such an important state of being to have from within. One is about paying it forward, knowing what your journey has been and extending a helping hand to somebody else out there. Now, not necessarily even a friend, it could be a random stranger. And the other thing is about going into a new day with enthusiasm, positivity, happiness in the heart. And also I'm coming to the fourth thing, but I would like to hear it from you. How has this new stage of your life changed the dynamics within your family, with you, and also what's happening within you? You know, have you seen changes in yourself? My goodness, that's the, isn't that the million dollar question, no? So let's start. And I think this is a very important question that you ask. With every phase and change in your life, I think it brings new, new things within you, new emotions, the way you sort of carry yourself. I definitely was you know, what you want to think, menopause, you want to think, I was at that point where I felt something needed to change in my life. I definitely felt a real urge to bring change to my life. So for me, um, it was very empowering. There was a feeling of, I've done things for everybody else. I need to start doing some things for me. So a little bit of that we, we call being selfish a very negative em- emotion in, you know, the English language, but in some ways it is critical to be selfish for yourself at some point in your life, to start thinking about what makes you tick. Otherwise, we tend to carry a lot of resentment and anger, which then manifests in ways which sometimes are not our, our best version of ourselves. right? So, empowerment, a little bit of that selfishness. And I think as I've basically realized every time you change or you make a big sort of change in your life, it'll affect the people around you, your friends, your family differently. Now, people who know you, love you, root for you, care about you, they will they will work with you to make it work. The new you will, will work for them. There will be a lot of people the new you will not work for. I've had a lot of my women friends and friends, and Rupali, you and I have talked about this. There is that tribe who will support you and and really sort of build you up. And then there are people who really find this difficult. They find that the lack of time you have for them, they find that frustrating. They feel the new roles that you have. I don't know if it is a sense of, you know, loss maybe. They feel you don't have the same time. They, you don't have the same energy for them. So then they become quite resentful and jealous um, of that. Uh, I think with the family, my kids and my spouse have been incredibly supportive because I think 
they see what joy it brings me. And I've been quite gradual in the way that I sort of handled that. And I made sure that they had time to sort of change with me. So it's not been super smooth, but it's been as smooth as I think we could manage. Of course, there are times when schedules clash and things clash and I'm not as easily available. That was an adjustment for all of us. I think for me, letting go some of the, I can be super mom, super wife, super daughter-in-law, super daughter, you know, to everybody, everyone in my family, that was something I had to give up. So change is hard, change is constant. I think it is understanding that I have responsibilities. I can't pretend I don't have them. Um, but also defining and carving out a little space for myself to say, I am important. I need to figure out what makes me happy. And I want to do some of that now as I sort of move into the next chapter of my life. And, you know, has it gone 100% smooth? No, but I continue to work at it. I continue to give the people around me the space they need. And I'm trying very hard to carve out space for myself to make sure that I can make this as easy on myself as much as I'm trying to make it for others as well. So working my way through this, I won't say I have it down pat, but I'm definitely trying to work my way through it with much grace and with kindness as I possibly can. How's that? That's a beautiful perspective to have on life because you have encapsulated that life is not static, but dynamic, ever-changing, and it's give and take, right? The family is also understanding that you are in this, uh, your immediate family is understanding that you are in this new phase. You need support now where you have supported them all these years, so they've stepped in to support you in different ways. Expectations need to be readjusted, recalibrated from all sides uh, about you know what the mother, caretaker, wife, because the primary caregiver often is the woman in the family, in many families. Many families, yep. So now I'm going to close this with one last question, and you can give me a yes and a no. Okay. This is, do you feel that having this new direction has made you a healthier person with more well-being? I mean, yes, Rupali, like, you know, I, I think... A triple yes, you would say. I think there's stages in your life where, you know, even more so than other periods where you feel that need that to matter, to be seen, to be visual, you know, to really feel like you're living. This was that for me. And, you know, for many people, it can be many different things. But for me... Without this, I think I would be in a very dark place. And I've, I've spoken to you about this. I think it would have been very difficult for me. You know, when we were in school together, when you know, we went through college, all of us start off with such big aspirations and, and ambitions. And, you know, I came to the U.S. at a very young age and college and, and working and, and sort of living that life and then having to sort of recalibrate, readjust, rechange. I think I would have really struggled in this phase of my life if I didn't have this new direction. I think it would have been a very difficult, you know, change for me because I just felt something was lacking for me. And 
the family and all of that, as much as that gives you so much joy, all the efforts, the work that you've put in, when you start seeing the fruits of all of that coming, there's a great sense of accomplishment, of happiness, but without something for yourself, it just became very difficult for me. And I, I don't know what, there was a restlessness and I felt nothing was making me complete. Uh, not my family, you know, not my the community I lived in. I really needed something for myself to define me. And again, you know, this may be something that is quite unique to me. A lot of people could feel quite fulfilled with all of that and say, you know, it is what it is. But there was a deep restlessness within me. And I realized that it was really affecting my self-esteem, my self-worth, you know, innocent comments from people just triggered me because I realized that my self-esteem was so low. And when I started getting triggered by things like, oh, she's the perfect corporate wife and things like that, I realized, man, I have a, I have, this is my problem. This is not other people trying to put me down or anything. This is absolutely my baggage that I had to unpack. And so, yeah, triple yes to your question. <laughs> Wonderful. So with that, we come to the end of this episode. Thank you so much, Sujata, for sharing your journey, giving tips and being there for other women to be part of that informal or formal community where you would reach out and pull them up or push them forward. Thank you so much. So if any of you requires help with finding new direction, please do reach out to us either on the podcast or to our social media and we'll gladly connect you to Sujata. Now, let's take a moment to assimilate what we've discussed and to bring a moment of calm and peace into our mind and body. Let us step into a moment of quiet for ourselves and connect with our mind and bodies. Lie down on your back or sit comfortably, either on a chair or on the floor. Now gently close your eyes and let us take a few breaths of calm and inner peace. Bring your attention to your navel and watch it gently rise and fall with each breath. Inhale and exhale. Inhale and exhale. We will continue to take a few long deep breaths of peace, calm and stillness. Inhale to the count of four and exhale to the count of six. Inhale, one, two, three, four and exhale one two three four five six inhale and exhale inhale and exhale now gently bring your attention back to your entire body Notice your toes, your calves, your knees, your thighs, your lower back, mid-back, upper back, your fingers, your elbows, your upper arms, your shoulders, your jaw, your chin, your cheeks, 
your forehead, your scalp are all relaxed. Now gently open your eyes and feel the calmness inside. Om Shanti. Thank you for listening in. In our next episode, we have collected the questions from our Voices of Yosha listeners and asking these to Dr. Umar Ram, an obstetrician gynecologist in Chennai. If you enjoyed the podcast, click on like and follow and do share Voices of Yosha with others who might like it too. See you next time. <music>